Yes, yes. Conversation of the Heart, Season 3, Episode 6. Make it make sense with the one and only Chris Classic, y'all. Appreciate y'all for, for rocking with me. So, today, we're going to have a very, very special guest. Um, someone who needs no introduction. Um, but we're going to be getting into a lot of conversation. Um, you know, surrounding um, you know, fatherhood, um, being an entrepreneur. You know, it's going to be a lot of good conversation uh, surrounding, you know, being a creative and uh, the pressures of being a creative and things like that. So stay tuned. Rock with me. Appreciate y'all. It's going to be a good one uh, with the Mr. Chris Classic. It's coming on. Uh, he's a CEO, creator of uh, Savoir Faire. And... Um, yeah, it's gonna be a good, a good conversation. <clears throat> so we're gonna be going through uh, the process of un- entrepreneurship, uh, the highs and lows of being a creative, uh, journey of fatherhood. Uh, you know, kind of balancing entrepreneurship and family, um, and then also the the importance of paying it forward. So it should definitely be a good conversation. Look, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, so I'm just going to wait for Chris Classic to kind of tap on in here so we can have this uh, conversation. Um, he's an artist. He's an entrepreneur. Um, like I said, he's a co-host of Uncorked Conversations. Um, you know, has a really great uh, great line, too, um, that we're going to get into all that, too. So, oh, there he is right there. Let me tap him on in. Let's see. Chris, Chris, what's going on, man? What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I can't complain. I can't call it. Man, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for, for doing this, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Happy to be here. And excuse excuse the car. I got to do how I can do. <laughs> hey, listen, man. It's all good, brother. I definitely know how it is, man. You're a busy man with a, a great family and a great brand, bro. So... Um, so for those who don't know, and, and I don't know how many of you don't know, but Chris Classic, he's an entrepreneur. Um, he's an incredible artist, um, rapper, um, creator of an incredible brand called uh, Savoir Faire. And, um, you know, you I've been correct. lucky enough, blessed enough to actually um, kind of saw it from, from the beginning. You know, I saw it like when you moved to Atlanta, you had the warehouse. It was empty. You know what I'm saying? And, man, to see where it is now, it's amazing. Oh, I think uh, I'm here. You good? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we're just saying. Um, you know, I saw like when you first started my my Savoir Fair, and like honestly, man, like to see where it is now, right? To see like the candles, the the mood mist, the different fragrances. Like you're very creative 
and even now, now the clover line too. You know what I'm saying? And I've been blessed enough to be able to get my hands on, you. you know, a lot of a lot of the merch and a lot of the candles and and, and the shades and everything, bro. So, um, definitely congratulations and salute to you because it's not easy being, you know, somebody a, a person of color, especially you know, to be in the fragrance industry, right? You don't see it often. Thank you. Thank you um, so much, uh, and thank so, you for being supportive. Of course, bro, definitely. And, and, and always will. And I always tell people, he has quality products, but incredible customer service, too. Like, and that's key. You know what I'm saying? So, so definitely, man, appreciate that. So what made you go from, you know, because you're a dope artist, you're a dope M MC. I'm waiting for a, another another project, as I know everybody is probably too. It's like the Rihanna project. Everybody's waiting for that, man. Um, but what made you go from, you know, just music to now creating this amazing brand called Savoir Faire? Um, well, honestly, I was just going through a hell of a time in life, and um, in 2016, um, well, actually, in 2015, there was a um, film studio that owed our production team money um for a project that we did and um it was just caught up in red tape and um i exhausted my savings waiting for it and um i was kind of at wit's end you know what i'm saying didn't know exactly what i was gonna do um although there were residuals that were coming in every now and then it wasn't really enough to like sustain real life and um you know, took my talents to Atlanta. Cost of living was uh, a lot or a lot less expensive than New York. Um, yep. I also had I um, an incredible partner who was just like, come on, I got you. And, you know, mm. that was something that was a little bit of an ego check for me, right? As a dude, you know, right. to have a woman say, okay, I see you down on yourself right now. Come on, I got you. You know, um, and so through, you know, reluctancy, <laughs> um, I decided to, to, to go for it um, because it, mm -hmm. what, what I was so reluctant about was not only the ego and the pride, but it was the first time I would ever have been without my son. Um, and so that was the thing that was really kind of like, you know, making it a tough decision, um, but decided to... Um, follow what I felt was God's favor and um, came down here and um, thankfully eventually you know my son uh, was able to come down um, a year after mm -hmm. and um, you know so during that process I was meeting a lot of people and one of the um, people that I met through social media uh, asked for some like not really mentorship, but just, hey, man, can I just pick your brain about how you handle, you know, like being yourself, but also being a family guy, being in a relationship? Like, how do you make that work? You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I could pay you. And mm -hmm. at the time, I was just like, man, you telling me about your, you know, your struggles that you're dealing with. I can't take your bread. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Um, right, right. But I did find out that he made candles and he made fragrances. So I'm like, yo, mm. I love fragrances. Why don't we do this? How about we meet, you know, a few times a month or whatever, and you show me how I can make my own fragrance, like for myself, just one bottle. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you anything you want to know about my secrets in life. And um, 
bro, we spent 10 months just, you know, locking in. And, um, you know, when I would leave the gathering spot, because that's where we would meet, which is kind of like a members only, you know, club here in Atlanta. Um, mm -hmm. You know, every time I would leave, I would ask the people at the bar what they thought of, you know, the fragrance that, uh, you know, I was working mm -hmm. on. And um, when it got to the point where they were all like, yo, I think I, I think I want to buy this or I think you should sell it. Right. Because that's two different mm -hmm. things. I think I want to buy it. And you know what? I think you should sell this. I don't really love it, but I know my brother would or I know a lot of people would right. like it. It's not really my cup of tea. You know what I'm saying? Um, and mm -hmm. so that's how I got my start. Um, and that was 2017. And um, through God's grace, through trial and error, through mm -hmm. being transparent, um, uh -huh. And, you know, all of those things, just trying to put out a quality product that I would wear. Um, right. It, it's it's turned into a viable business now going on, you know, getting ready to go on year six. So, um, you know, it's it's super exciting. And I've always loved fragrances. So it wasn't like I had to be uh -huh. taught about quality. It was getting over that hurdle of being a consumer and realizing that you have the bandwidth as a creative to actually produce. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's an amazing, man. That's really dope. Um, the one thing that I do appreciate about your products and about your thought process and, and, and how you create is you always in include us, mm -hmm. like our history, even down to the packaging, right? Like, and it's so dope. And I'm like, man, like, Yo, and that's so different from what you see, you know what I'm saying, out here. And that's why I really love it, man. Um, you're always very inclusive. Mm -hmm. And you're also very supportive of other brands, too. I, I see you post other Black-owned fragrance brands and things like that, wines and, you know, just all, all types of, of Black-owned uh, companies. So, like, why do you think it's so important for you to have a successful brand yourself now to also support other brands, too? Um. And, and thank you for the compliments. Um, I think it's important um, because I may be one of the first brands, fragrance-wise, that someone decides to try. And if they have a great experience with me, then that will hopefully give them the aptitude to try another Black-owned fragrance brand. So the reason mm. why I try to be supportive of so many um, is because we're all new. You know what I'm saying? Like prior to yeah. 2017, prior to my start, the only Black-owned, purely Black-owned fragrance brand that wasn't a celebrity that put their name on something um, was Sean Crenshaw of Ovation. And mm. um, him and I have become like brothers. And actually someone who is my brother who I've known since 15 years old um, is, is one of his partners, business partners. Um, and so it's just like, since then I've seen 20 or 30 that have emerged mm -hmm. and globally. And so I wow. think that, um, you know, we, we are finally waking up and realizing how much we should own of the market share, especially because mm -hmm. we consume so much. And so my goal is to just make it super um, normal for a person to be wearing a fragrance brand that happens to be black owned. 
Um, wow. Yes, there is some science that goes into the notes that are being used because certain notes um, come from certain places in the diaspora and they we're connected to them sometimes without knowing, right? Um, just like right. you can hear certain sounds in music. Um, you know, you could be a kid from Memphis, Tennessee, but you hear, you know, Fela, and it's kind of like there's something that resonates and you don't know why. Or you can hear, mm -hmm. you know, tribal, uh, you know, certain tribal, uh, native tribal music, and it just resonates and you don't know why. It's because those notes are in your DNA. And so fragrances mm -hmm. are no different. And so, um, you know, we're, we're cool mm -hmm. with having our own beard products. We're super comfortable with buying products for our hair that are exclusive to us. Um, we've mm -hmm. seen companies now like, you know, Gillette suddenly, because of the success of Bevel, now make razors mm -hmm. that they show black men knowing that we have different pores, you know, um, and so mm -hmm. they, they have different razors now that, um, you know, guard against razor bumps, which is something they've never done historically. So I think just mm -hmm. being aware of um, our power and our presence and our ability to make our own goods um, quality that, that happen to be black owned, that shouldn't always be the draw. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, when it matters, yes, that's cool. But it shouldn't it shouldn't just be the thing that you're hanging your hat on as the reason why you should be supported. You should have a really good product. And it just so happens mm -hmm. that you're Black. Just like an actor, just like an athlete, or any other profession. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just trying to do my part. Man, hey, you're definitely doing your part, man. And... um. Like you mentioned, just kind of being a father and incredible father of, you know, I think your your, your son is, is searching for colleges now, right? Yeah. I, I think he's at that age, right? Yeah. And then now you have a, a beautiful daughter too, right? Thank um, And you're super busy, you know, creating this incredible brand. Like, how do you find the time, right? Like, how do you find the time to be a father, a, a, a husband, and create this amazing brand? I, I don't know. It's it's really um I I really don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw this thing on um on Pinterest because I was I was I was in my feelings sometimes and you know when I'm when I'm in my feelings I try to find quotes and things that offer me a different perspective. And mm -hmm. what I saw there was one quote I was on Pinterest or looking up something and the quote was something like, don't ask me how I'm doing because I, I don't know how I'm doing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing it, and I don't know how. So, um, you know, I've learned to pray a lot. Um, mm -hmm. For me, I'm praying for wisdom and for an ease of mind. Um, I'm super careful about what I pray for because sometimes you, mm -hmm. you, could, you could pray for time and then that means your business fails because your business failing would be the only way that you would really have time, right? So I, I'm super careful about the words that I speak to my creator. And I usually just ask for wisdom, for balance, and an ease of mind. Because if, it, if I don't feel stressed about it, 
then I can continue. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, you know, mm -hmm. I just try to have fun in being creative. I try to have fun mm -hmm. with my children and with my family. Um, I, I know that if things were a bit more ideal, I would have more time to spend. Um, but I'm also building something that will be a legacy, hopefully. And if I were a truck driver <laughs> that was providing for my family that way, you wouldn't see me at all. And so, you know, the few hours that I have every day, some in the morning and some late at night, I make the best of and, um, you know, just try to be observant and, and present, um, you know, to, to where I'm lacking and then just attack those, those things. I'm, I'm, uh, excuse me. Amazing, man. So I know earlier you said that in the transition from New York to Atlanta, I'm from New York, too. I'm from New York City, too, from Queens, right? right? And, like, making that transition from New York to Atlanta, it was kind of, you said it was a little bit of a kind of a hard pill to swallow just because, you know, like, you had to, you had a lady that was ready to just kind of just say, yo, I got you, right? Mm -hmm. So how important do you think that is for men sometimes to kind of say, you know what, man, like, this is your pride. This is your ego, bro. Like, you're going to get to where you have to get to. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes if, if you have somebody that's truly in your corner and have your back, it's okay to accept and it's okay to receive. Right? Yeah, that's that's a that's a tricky thing. Um in my particular case, th there was a guaranteed end, right? Like mm -hmm. oh, th there there was a lump sum of money that was indeed waiting for me, right? And a check did right. indeed come. Um it took longer than expected and it was it was a real thing. I think what happens is you may have men who are undecided about their future, who don't know mm -hmm. what they're going to do. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we all desire um, com companionship. We all desire love. We all desire affection. Um, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's just like you have to be realistic. If you don't have a goal or a plan that is tangible, with tangible action, mm -hmm. not just, yo, I, I want to be a rapper. And I need you to hold me down while I pursue my career. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't have tangible action items, it is really unfair to expect someone mm -hmm. to um, always have your back and to hold you down. Um, 100%. Holding someone mm -hmm. down is temporary, right? Holding someone mm -hmm. down yeah. is, I got you until you got yourself or mm -hmm. until you're back exactly. to where you were. And so mm -hmm. I think there is a real difference between um, accepting help when you're in a jam, which right. is a thing that you should get over, you know, over your ego and actually accept the help if it's being offered to you. Um, mm -hmm. There's a difference between that and trying to take advantage of someone. Um, yes. Looking yes. to get over on someone or looking to manipulate someone's affection um, that they may have for you um, in order to, to, to benefit you without anything that is reciprocal on your end. So, um, yeah, I, I would always I would always tell anyone who's in a position if, you know, things have gone bad for you and someone's willing to help you. I, I would accept the help once I really have a tangible plan and it's in action. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know people in relationships don't always go like tit for tat or whatever, but there should be some return on the investment 
of, you know, someone pouring into you, whether it's, you know, you are able to facilitate them in the same way, um, whether it be financially, yo, I'm, I'm paying you back literally for everything that you've done for me. Um, Mm -hmm. they may just want your time, honor them with that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I think, it is really important um, for for men to take responsibility um, for themselves. And when they're down, being able to have a companion or a mate um, that, that can hold them down is uh, is a great thing if they can get over the ego. But they, they really got to be moving toward and working towards something first. Right. And, and that's something that is so important that, that you said is that there has to be, right, like a goal in, in action, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know... And I know I speak to a lot of women and they always say, like, I would hold I would absolutely hold my person down, but they don't have, they don't ever want to accept the help. It's like they self-sabotage. They go into this thing where it's just like, nah, I'm good, you know, and it's just like because they might want the person's time. Mm-hmm. But because the guy, the guy is so much like, man, you know, what I mean, if I can't provide this thing, this money, this providership money right now then mm-hmm. it kind of sabotage the, the relationship and things like that when the person is saying like i'm i'm good right here but i need you on this level i, I need you to emotionally be uh, available you know right somebody that i can go to to lean on to cry on whatever the case is to, to take care of other things right so i mean i think like it's super important that, that you did say you know what i'm saying that yes it's good to accept the help yes definitely get over yourself but also have a tangible plan of action to, to go forward and right. that's super important man that's very that's very dope um man like what is your journey of fatherhood look look like man because you like it's like i said you know like like your incredible son he's he's big he's off the college right like and now you have a beautiful baby girl who's small like what is the journey of fatherhood been like down through the years um it is it is the biggest blessing that i can describe um you know uh, Julian was was born a year after I married his mom. Um, we were young, thought this is the way you're supposed to do it. You know, for me, I looked at all of my mentors that I looked up to. Mm-hmm. They were all married with children, right? And so at 23, mm-hmm. this is what I got to do. Um, mm. Now, in hindsight, I realized that a few of them, they were on their second marriage, right? <laughs> By the time mm-hmm. I got to know who they were. So they... And, you know, had made mistakes. They had made poor choices. They had done the wrong things in life. And so many of them were on their second marriage. Um, But for me, Julian, for me, was the first time seeing myself outside of myself. Um, Mm. And him to be aware of everything that I was involved in. So I would bring him to the studio with me. I would bring him to restaurants with me. When there were day parties at restaurants that I knew couldn't operate really like a club, I would bring them mm-hmm. just so that he can understand, you know. And um, I started sharing a lot of my um, fatherhood journey and my co-parenting journey on social media, which is what um, grew my platform. Because at that time in 2009, 2010, um, before Instagram, there weren't really a lot of men especially in the entertainment business um, that Mm -hmm. were really avidly showing their children. It was almost like I need to be single and available for any other woman in the world. So if you see kids, you're not going to want to mess with me. So I'm not going to show anything. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, mm -hmm. a lot of women wanted to be able to see how a black man in that particular time uh, lived his life and still made time for his children. And, you know, when we got divorced, it was just like, okay, well, how do you co-parent so respectfully? You know what I'm saying? We would get together and have these co-parent conversations where we would go and have breakfast and we would talk about all the nuances of what was going on. Um, and those things really, um, you know, w were helpful for, for me just to, to heal um, and also to develop a better rapport, you know, with Julian um, and for him to, you know, know that there was power in um, transparency and, and power in vulnerability. Um, and then once Ryan and I got married, um, you know, she has a son who I call my plus son because I don't like mm -hmm. the term stepchild or, or step anything. Mm -hmm. um, his father is super active in his life. So I just say I'm the plus pops because I'm just adding on. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, right. positive support. Um, and so now we have Zuri and she's like a bundle of energy and she's feisty like her mom and she's super smart and observant and she's artistic and creative. And, you know, like she observed so much. I was listening to D'Angelo the other day. She asked who, you know, he was. And then I put on um, I put on the Brown Sugar album and she can see the display in the car. And she's like, no, 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 not this one. The dark one, which was the voodoo album, right? And so wow. she was able to know that. And then when she got in the car with her mom, it was just like, I want to hear D'Angelo. You know what I'm saying? So um, she's she's just an incredible um, blessing that I, I prayed for. I always wanted a daughter, but just didn't think I would have one. Um, when I yeah. met my wife, she had four nieces. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I got, <laughs> I got my daughter wish yeah. these nieces and, um, we're mm -hmm. close, you know, with their dad. So it was like, cool. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting the benefit of having that daughter, right. you know, dad type relationship, but they go home, you know what I'm saying? And, um, Zuri came like a, like a surprise gift and, you know. He's been a blessing ever since. So, um, you know, there are certain nuances with kids that I, you know, like male and female sons and daughters that I yeah. did. Um, you know, transparently, I assumed that when she turned nine or 10 or 11, there was going to be a magical day that her body would function a certain way. And then I'd have to learn how to deal with emotional mood swings and things like that. Right. She's emotional already, and she's three, and she could be wow. like, listening to music on YouTube or watching a Disney movie, and when sad music plays, she's starting to cry. You know what I'm saying? So, um, wow. I realized that I am raising a grown woman who happens <laughs> to be now. You know what I'm saying? So I wow. try to reverse, you know, treat her like reverse engineering. And I think about all the women that I think are dope, like her mom and like, you know, my aunts and my mom and other, you know, female relatives mm -hmm. of mine and my homegirls that I think are amazing and dope and ambitious and empowered. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. so this is what I want her to be like. Then how do I have to treat her at three? And so that's really, you know, where I'm at now, taking Julian to um, visit the school he wants to go to on Saturday. Um, so it's just, bro, it's nonstop, man. It's nonstop. And, 
you know, I guess this is what I prayed for. So I, I tried not to complain. <laughs> no, nah, man, definitely not. Um, so when it comes to this music, man, like, um, is there something next? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just want to know. There, you know? There's, there's nothing concrete right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say that I am collecting music and collecting tracks and observing producers hoping to connect and gel with someone. Um, here in Atlanta, it's really tough to find um, a lot of producers and engineers that love the style of music I create. Um, mm -hmm. So it's difficult for me to go to like any engineer or any producer um, who, who like they only make trap music or they only, and you know, mix trap records. They're not going to have the same enthusiasm mm -hmm. about what I'm making. Kind of like if you want yeah. super high-end cuisine, for example, you may not choose to go to Chick-fil-A. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. there's nothing wrong right. with Chick-fil-A, but that's not what you're in the mood for. So um, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to find my tribe, you know, here in Atlanta and, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I can have a proper home to work out of. Um, right. Other than that, man, um, I'm I'm still interested in itching to make music. It's really been bothering me that I haven't been able to. Mm. Um, so hopefully it'll it'll happen soon. I was bumping your albums all weekend, man. I was like, yeah, I was going. It feels like New York. I'm not gonna lie. It feels like New York. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I was bumping them all weekend, man. Coretta's amazing track too. That's one of my favorites. Just Thank just you. to let you know, by the way. Thank you. Um, but to double back to what we were just talking about, um, what advice would you give young men who who are growing up, right? To um, who have maybe who who, who might have um, a child and having difficulty, right, with the mother of their child, and they want to co-parent, but it's just like this, right? Like, what advice would, would you give somebody who is a little younger, right, that's going through this, or maybe somebody who's just going through this period, right, to say, how do I co-parent? Because I'm not gonna lie, like when I you know, years ago, you were the person that I saw that was, like, co-parenting and successfully, right? And I was like, that's super dope. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what advice would you give that person? Um, shed the ego. Um, the the mm. ego is, like, be okay with taking repeated losses momentarily because typically what causes a disruption in co-parenting relationships is um, no one wants to concede. No one wants to give the, the other person more credit, more props, more time, more forgiveness, more grace. And sometimes, I'm not going to say it's a guarantee, but sometimes there is a resentment of anyone who's moved on and so mm -hmm. what you may find is if people are splitting up um the 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 mother may say well i want the kids because i'm their mother and i can't fathom being without them as the mm -hmm. mother, you may say okay let's work out when they can be with me mm -hmm. if you don't properly if you're not properly active while together, 
it's going to be really hard for her to imagine and fathom how responsible and present you're going to be when you're apart. Um, and sometimes when you don't have children in your house, you have a lot more mm -hmm. freedom to move about and be active. Not necessarily that you are engaging in whatever activity with the opposite sex or any of that. You just have more free time to do things that you may want to do. That can cause a lot mm -hmm. of resentment from someone who all of a sudden nothing changes except for they have more responsibility because you're not there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that resentment mm -hmm. is almost like I'm mad at you because you have more time than me. I'm mad at you. Mm. I have more responsibility than you now. And I'm mad at you for even putting us right in this predicament. Right. So mm. until there's a forgiveness there, you're going to have that same energy and it's going to transfer over into the relationship. Um, you know, that involves the, the kids. Um, you know, when, when a father is super responsible and can take um, accountability for himself, he will be able to identify if his actions are dodgy, if his actions are slippery, if his actions don't really scream that he's responsible. Um, hmm. And a lot of times it's really just, it's pettiness. If you can, if you mm -hmm. get rid of the petty, the urge to be petty, or matter of fact, the urge, mm -hmm. the urge is natural in most cases. But if you can just mm -hmm. hold the petty, you know what I'm saying? Like I've learned, yes. I've learned the beautiful practice and habit of writing out text messages, scathing, mm -hmm. and then I put my phone <laughs> and never press send, and I walk away from mm. it, and it feels mm. like told them what I wanted to say. And then I go back and then I start thinking about how that might have come across. I almost start imagining what the answers are to this text that I did not send. Right. And then it's just like, oh, no, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. And I'm glad I didn't. So now I can go. I done got it out. I released the dopamine or the serotonin, whatever, whatever chemical in the brain it is. I forget which one. But I got it out. I got it off. I said it. And guess what? Now I can delete it and um, we can continue the conversation and continue communicating. Mm -hmm. So I would say your children are worth it. I would say your mm -hmm. mind is worth it. Um, I would say there's no like there's no um, there's no ego when it comes to your kids. There's pride, of course. Mm -hmm. There's no ego. They just they just want mm -hmm. you to love them. So do what it takes. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And be able to call out a mother who is purposely not working with you when you have done everything without pettiness, without spite, you're present. You like you 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 don't do those little petty things. If you know you're not doing that, then you have every right to be able to say hey, listen, this is what's happening and th these are the things that you're doing. Why? Why are you? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. Yeah. And get help. You know, speak to a mediator. Um, speak to a counselor, a therapist who can help, you know, kind of walk you back 
and relieve some of those feelings. And if you find it successful, if you're in a financial position, offer the, the mother to, to not necessarily join you, but to go on her own. And it may allow some feelings to just be shown a mirror to that sometimes you don't receive that mirror well if it's coming from the person that you're mad at. But a third, yep. a neutral third party might be able to say, girl, you do have something in your nose and you telling him that he need to blow his, but you got a, you got a booger dangling and I, I love you. That's why I'm telling you. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So I think in certain cases, um, you know, family therapy, however that can work, um, mm -hmm. is, is super helpful. Man, and that's amazing, man. That's super dope. Um, and, and simply great advice. And what you just said could actually be applied to regular relationships, whether oh, you have a kid or whether you don't. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're married or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, like sometimes you're always, a, you can always be tempted to just mm -hmm. text that or just say a response because you feel like they deserve that response based right. off of what they just told you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been learning too. Because for me, I always said, listen, man, like, I don't start it, but I'm gonna finish it, right? And then in my journey of lear of learning and growing is like you don't have to do that either, because simply because you don't know what they're going through in their life, and, and sometimes half the stuff may not be, even be about you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you have to take the time to kind of drill down and see what it is that they're going through. You know what I'm saying? So that maybe you can come to solution a solution versus lighting the fire, right? right? And it becoming something bigger and better. But yeah, man, appreciate that, man. Appreciate that insight. So from the outside looking in, people might look at you and say, man, Chris is always creating, man. Like he got the, he got the jeans jacket. He got the candles, the movements, the shades, like the colognes. Like there's never, a, a, there's no way that he's not ever not in a creative space, right? Or that he has problems with being creative. But sometimes as a creative, you do have problems creating or, you know what I'm saying? So, like, how do you... So, when you get in, in that space of, man, like, I just can't create, I can't break through um, like, like I want to because you have goals and timelines and things like that, what do, you, what do you do to kind of break yourself out of that to get to a creative space? I I, um, I give to other people. I, I become creative mm. for other people. Um, mm. that, that is, unfortunately, my... Um, that's where I'm a sucker at. Like, if if I see, like, there's a great idea that someone is talking about, I'm this guy. Mm -hmm. Yo, you know what you should do? And it's, and it's an incredible idea. Like, it's real. And I'm like, yo, listen. And so you do it like this. I can call my person. And I start pulling mm -hmm. into other people. When it's, when, when it, you know, that I can deem them worthy of, of receiving that energy. Um, and not right. necessarily like commandeering someone's idea, but more so like, yo, I was, I, I, I had this brain fart of an idea for you and just let me know what you think. Right. Um, mm -hmm. those things are what get me over the hump. Um, I could, and I say this all the time, it just comes from, um, writing music for film and television. Um, mm -hmm. I was not allowed to be attached to the things I created because there was no guarantee that they would be accepted for the film mm. or for the TV show. So I think like 
for me, if you told me, hey, man, I'm going to give you three days to write a couple songs for yourself, I can't do it. Like, it's, it's too much on my brain and, you know, whatever. But if you said, hey, um, Coca-Cola, is, you know, here in Atlanta, they saw you. They want you to write a couple of jingles for their ads. I could do it in my sleep. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so for me, I've always just been okay with, like, being creative for other people. And so when I find myself in a rut or I'm stuck, um, I just I just usually find some other way that I can be creative with someone else. And um, then I circle back. Man. Oh, that's dope. Because sometimes, like, when you post things and when people just see you post your stuff, it's like it's easy. It's like, man, like, he just out here just creating content he just creating these candles he just creating these fragrances and mm -hmm. nobody really knows that it, it's a process like it's it takes a lot of time it's a lot of process because i know you're in your car and stuff you know what i'm saying but i have a couple things like mood mist right here mm -hmm. right you know what i'm saying and that takes like like how do you come up with these concepts of just like all right you know what i'm saying so and the names it's like soul cafe plus lavender right like that takes a lot of creativity right and then you got the move for two candle. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and these are things, and you have very creative names, right? And that's a process, too. Like, you might have a great product, but then the names itself sometimes can get you stuck. Like, man, like, I can't come up with the name for this. The yeah. fragrance is great, but, 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 like, that's a process in itself. That's mm -hmm. another creative process, man. Yeah. So, like, how, so how long does it actually take for you to actually say, you know what, I want to do a candle, right? How long does that take? Um, from the from the yeah good well for me um i work on a lot of things in secret and i may share mm. it when i feel like it's like 85 percent done and i know that there's nothing else that's stopping me from finishing it except for you know maybe getting it from the manufacturer or getting the shipment of candles mm -hmm. right um but when it comes to naming things, I'm pretty good. I, I am pretty good at that. Um, so that's, that is one thing that I will say is pretty easy, coming up with names for things. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a good identifier of things. Um, mm -hmm. But I think um, as far as, you know, like having so many different products, um, it is not easy. And what I share on social media is nine times out of 10, it's literally like on a whim, unless someone else like, you know, like for the fragrances, I have a commercial that, you know, someone shot for me. Those types mm -hmm. of things I've outsourced because A, I'm not good with the camera like that. And I wanted someone else's take on what my brand feels like to them because I trusted their creativity. So for me, mm. I'm kind of at the point now where I'm looking to take a step back from being synonymous with the fragrances. Um, because there may be someone, you know, listen, we all have people, sometimes social media figures or celebrities that we just don't like their face. They didn't do nothing to us. We don't know them from a hole in the wall. But something about that person I just don't like. I know for mm -hmm. sure there's people that may see me and what's up with his hair and you know, like whatever, <laughs> they may not like me. And I don't want that to be a deterrent of them liking my fragrances or any other product of mine. So I'm at the point mm. now where um, I'm just kind of slowly dialing back being all in the videos, 
and all, like 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 uh, all in the videos, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and trying to get people to see themselves in, um, you know, any ads or content that they see, um, you know, for my fragrances or anything else, you know, from the company. So, um, people being seen and people feeling included and seeing themselves represented is super important in every other thing in our community. So. I need to apply that um, to, to my brand as well. Most definitely. And the one thing that I do love this, this concept. So I have this here. Mm -hmm. The discovery right? box. The discovery box for me is key, especially when you, I travel and stuff like that, man. Yeah. Like that for me, like when I tell you it's the clutchest thing ever, like it just, it's just so easy to just take it with you and go. Right. But I love the packaging behind it, too. You know what I'm saying? Because now you can take it with you when you carry on. You can take it with you, put it in your suitcase. It's not going to break. Right. You know what I'm saying? Versus it's somebody just selling one of those things, and it's just, all right, so I got to find somewhere to put it. It's going to break. You know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Those are things that are key, too, when it comes to packaging, too. So I like the fact that it's not just about, yes, it's about the fragrance and the idea, but it's also about the packaging, too. Like, you, like the ideas that you have don't just stop at the product, but it goes to the packaging. The, the like the rich brokes. The, the packaging for me, and thank you very much for the compliments. The packaging is just like seeing someone that you're about to do business with and they have on, you know, sweats and slides. It's kind of like, mm. uh, well, unless they're a physical trainer, you're just like, well, is this person serious? Right? Like, mm. should I trust you with my life insurance and you look like you're about to go play ball? <laughs> Like all the time, not <laughs> right. just hey, all right. I, we actually agreed to meet before you're going to the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and so the packaging matters. You know, I've I've been observant of the brands that um, I look up to and the brands that I admire, and they all have clever packaging. Just looking at some of the um, fragrance influencers and the fragrance reviewers when they are opening packages from these, you know, multi-billion-dollar brands the packaging looks really good. And I just want other black entrepreneurs to pay attention to their packaging because otherwise it comes off like, like a side hustle. It comes off like, yo, this is something I'm doing. Mm. I'm not all the way there yet, but you feel me? Just come on and support. And it's just like, mm. but you're, but you're not, you're not asking for a discounted price either. You want someone to pay you as much as Creed, fragrances but your packaging mm -hmm. looks like you know the the old um the old bootleg avon joints that they were selling <laughs> in the parking lot you know what i'm saying so Fact. you know there's no way that you can expect people to want to give you quality money um and their mm -hmm. hard-earned money if you don't have a quality product and you know the only time where packaging mm -hmm. doesn't really matter is food you know what i'm saying like if you got some great food from a restaurant and it was just like in a styrofoam but it's busting you you fine you tear it up. but but mm -hmm. you know that food is also 10 or 12 bucks and and not you know 135 dollars for a 50 ml of parfum you know what i'm saying <laughs> nah definitely man um listen um i do know you have to go but um i just want to encourage everybody to go support this brother man because as you can see, he really takes pride in everything that he does, the packaging, you know, from the names of, of his products, you know what I'm saying, to every to every single detail. 
and it, and it always is inclusive of us, our history too. When you buy the fragrances, you'll you'll see the packaging, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you. When you like, everything that he does, bro, it's really about us and people. And I just want to say, bro, like, yo, I salute you for everything that you're doing for the culture for us. You know what I'm saying? Being a father too, being an incredible father, a husband. Thank you know what I'm saying? Shout out, and shout out to your whole family too, man. I'm gonna always continue to to support you, not just because you're black, but one, it's because you're you're an innovator. You put out great quality products, man. Thank and you have great customer service, and you do it I'm not on your own, but like you, like you distribute, like you ship, right? You do all that stuff. That's a lot of legwork, man. And I'm gonna always support somebody that 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 has that and that has the quality too, bro. So listen, man, I appreciate you and all of the knowledge that you've been dropping on us today, man. Listen, man, I appreciate you, bro, always, man. Thank, Thank you, man. Appreciate I appreciate you having me. And um, the next time we do this, I'll be in a in a proper environment, probably at the lab, hopefully. And I can show you some things, um, you know, that we got cooking in the, in the, in the stove. Appreciate you always, brother. Take care, man. Drive safe, too. Thank you. My man. Peace. Peace. Appreciate y'all, man, for tuning in. That was, And that's the wrap. Conversation of the Heart, Season 2, Episode 6. We dropping something next week, Thursday, too. Um, it's going to be amazing. Tune in again. Appreciate y'all. Follow, like, subscribe, all that, man. Um, appreciate y'all. It's your boy T-Till, man. Peace.